Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, big NFL day this tomorrow and uh, Sunday. Ryan Hogue knows he's playing the NFL. He knows all about this. And he's actually helping host uh, a get-together where you can ask Ryan questions and, and tap in. Uh, to some of the insight that is the NFL. Ryan, thank you for joining us. What do you got cooking on Sunday? Well, Mike, always a pleasure, always a pleasure. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard Bucks fan, in which we've talked about in yeah. the past because I followed Tom Brady because, you know, Moss and I were such good friends when he was with the Vikings, so wherever he went, I followed his career. And uh, I got a pretty sweet opportunity on Sunday. Uh, there's a, a new company called Millions.co. And uh, what they do, they, they teamed with the NFL Alumni uh, Association, and they created this platform for professional athletes like myself, kind of like a one-stop shop. I, I consider it like a cameo on steroids. Uh-huh. So it, it's this uh, platform that allows us to do um, watch parties. Um, it allows us to you know sell merchandise, and uh, it, it's, and have personal videos. It's it's pretty sweet. And uh, they reached out to me and asked if I would be willing to host uh, a watch party. And uh, essentially, think about what the ESPN has done with the Peyton brothers, or the Manning brothers. Sorry. And, oh, while uh, the game goes on, kind of thing. Yep. So I'm just going to be interacting with the fans. Uh, they'll be able to see me. I won't be able to see them. They'll type in questions, and I'll just be commentating on what I'm seeing and uh, utilizing some of my broadcast background from the NFL uh, workshop that I did uh, a couple years ago. Sure. So I'm really excited, and then the best part about it, it's free. So so, I, so you, a watch party where you'll be there in live in person, or is this virtual for a, a, a bunch of you know, satellite parties, so to speak? Great question. Yeah, it's, uh, it is not in person. It's, it's all virtual, so the outreach can be whoever, I see. Uh, wherever. And, uh, yeah, you just... Uh, I have uh, you know a link that's uh, attached to my Facebook and my Instagram and stuff. It's it, or you can just go to millions.co and uh, and find it there and just go to watch parties. Uh, there's other professional athletes that'll be live streaming as well and commentating and things like that. But it's just a, a way to engage the fans in a different way, engage my friends in a different way, and you know all NFL players really have a PhD in football and we don't oftentimes if we don't go into coaching we don't get to utilize it um because when we're watching it uh with our friends we just kind of just watch it and try not to be annoying by saying oh look at this this is a great opportunity for me to be like okay well 
you know, not only do I know football, but I know the Buccaneers because I've watched them every single game the last two years. So I really know kind of the ins and outs and what to expect against the Rams. What, what did Moss ever tell you about playing with Brady? What makes him special from a receiver standpoint? Well, you know, um, Brady, so I, I got the, I got the chance to play with Rich Gannon the year after he won the, the NFL MVP. Yep. And the thing about the, those types of players, right, that are MVP level players, they hold you to such a standard that it's, it becomes an expectation and everybody rallies around that. And a guy like Moss that holds himself to that same standard, that standard of excellence, I mean, it was a match made in heaven. I mean, they, they legitimately just lifted the best out of each other. I mean, obviously Moss had the best uh, best season of all time in terms of 22 touchdowns in, uh, what was that, 2007 or 2008? Hmm. And, um, 22 touchdowns, you know, wow, <laughs> for receiver. Right, that's, that's unheard of. And, I mean, they go 16-0. And, you know, so when you, when you have a guy that really – I remember uh, just recently LaShawn McCoy talked about it. He's no longer uh, in football, but last year he was with the, the Buccaneers at the middle of the season and the end of the season won a Super Bowl. And he said, he said, as long as we knew we had number 12 on the other sideline, like it lifts everybody in the organization from the people feeding meals to the, the cleaning crew to the coaches to the practice squad players, like everybody knew, like as long as we had him on it, going for us, like, we have a chance. And, you know, if you put a, a special talent, like the best there's ever been, like Moss, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's a reason that they had the season they did. Well, do you think that um, would Moss raise himself more for Brady because he understood Brady than he would other quarterbacks, so to speak? Do you, do you think that he, he listened more because it was Brady as opposed to, you know, sometimes if, you're, if you know you're the best player on the field, then what you say goes, and in this case, you may be deferring because the best, you know, the, the best player, or the most vocal, or the person that everybody's going to listen to is Brady. Yeah, well, Moss, Moss really thrived in uh, settings that had these, you know, this, this certain level of expectation of excellence. And when there was a little, you know, loosey-goosey, like Moss would not try, you know, wouldn't maybe uh, go to the level he, he could. And, you know, the fact that Belichick had been there, Belichick had been there for so many years and been to, you know, Super Bowls before him and the Patriots organization was a dynasty in the making, like that is just, you know, right for a guy like Moss to come in and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not only going to, uh, you know, fall in line, but I'm going to add to this. Piece. Whereas, you know, when he goes to the Raiders right before that, when the Vikings trade him to the Raiders for Napoleon Harris, um, you know, it was it was a dis- and I can speak because I was drafted by the Raiders, it was a dysfunctional organization. And yeah. they've always, they, they, they pride themselves on leading the league in penalties. They legitimately talked about being the most penalized team. <laughs> they were fine with that, being the most hated team in the NFL. They, they, they love that. And, and that's, you know, for anybody that's just a diehard competitor that just wants to just wants to win like like Moss and like myself like that just doesn't jive like that I don't care about that aspect of it it's not this isn't hockey where we want to have the biggest bruiser and best fighter on the team like we want to legitimately find ways to win and you know from a cerebral level Moss was so far above really any receiver I played with and and Brady the same way Belichick the same way they're just above and beyond their respective positions or or coaching situations uh, and it just, that's why it worked. Do you, um, does Jim Har- Harbaugh work in Oakland to, or Las Vegas to you? Uh, 
So Harbaugh was my quarterback coach at, when I was with the Raiders. He and was? He was great. And I actually Harbaugh was an assistant there at that time, huh? Yeah, he was the quarterback coach there, and then he obviously went to San Diego. Yeah, know, before Diego, before he started his journey, huh? And I actually I actually sat down with him when I was at Stanford. Uh, I was doing a soccer camp, and I, I went in there and sat down with him, and I actually kicked the tires on potentially doing a grad assistant uh, at and getting my master's at Stanford in education. I was still playing football at the time, so I wasn't ready to give up the dream. But, uh, you know, for Jim to not really know me as well, you know, I was only there a short amount of time, but he entertained me and gave me all the love in the world. So wherever he's gone, you know, I'm a loyalist. I I gave, you know, I, I, I root for him. And I've become a Michigan fan because he's there. Do I do I see him going to Los Angeles? I think he's going to end up staying in, in Michigan, personally. Now, you know, if I had the choice between NFL and college, I mean, the recruiting is such a beast that I would probably stay in the NFL and, you know, the money's going to be phenomenal anywhere if you're Harbaugh name. But I think he probably has a little chip on his shoulder because of the way, you know, he kind of got a bad rap. I mean, if you look at his record, it's unbelievable in the NFL. I mean, he went to, what, three straight, his first three years, he was three straight NFC championships, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if anybody's going to turn around that organization, it's, uh, it's going to be Harbaugh. But, um, you know, again, I feel like he's he's got a good thing going, and um, so it it would be hard pressed if he does leave for the NFL. It's going to be the Ravens, though. Okay, so can you stay on with us for a quick break? I want to ask who the Vikings should hire. Yep. Okay, Ryan Hogue is our guest. We come back. I'll ask him who the Vikings should hire as their head coach. Stay with us. Ryan Hogue is our guest, former NFL wide receiver. Ryan um, Todd Bowles interviewed today. Raheem Morris interviewed today. Uh, they were expected to, and they did, for the head coaching job for the Minnesota Vikings. Based on the names you've heard so far, who do you like and why? Well, you know, no, I, I don't. He, I don't hear anybody really that I love. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a big big fan of Brian Flores. I thought he got a short end of the deal in Miami, and I think he would make a phenomenal head coach with the Vikings. Um, you know, I think. I think a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, you know, he, he's kind of a, a, you know, a popular, you know, but what people don't realize is where was he before Green Bay? He was the offensive coordinator for Jacksonville Jaguars. Have they ever had a good offense? No, he was there for what, three years? And, right, Aaron Rodgers can make a lot of offensive coordinators look good and get jobs. You look at Raheem Morris, terrible as a head coach. Todd Bowles, awful when he was with the Jets. And I'm a big, like I said, I'm a big Bucks fan. They have a great defense. He's a good defensive coordinator. Kind of like Scott Linehan was a phenomenal offensive coordinator for me with the Vikings. He was a terrible head coach, and everybody knew that. He was a brilliant offensive mind. Some guys are just not meant to be head coaches. Dan Quinn had, was not good with Atlanta. Yeah, he went to one Super Bowl, but he had a lot of time, had a lot of losing seasons, and then you get a guy like Lane Kiffin that people throw around, and it's just like, what are we doing here? No. Yeah, I, I, and I, by the way, I don't think anybody inside the Vikings is throwing Lane Kiffin around. I think that comes from. You know, <laughs> I, he's such an easy. He's such an easy person. You know, anytime a job comes open, he's one of those guys. Whether it's a major college or an NFL job, because he's got experience in both, it's just like an automatic that somebody's going to bring him up. You know. Right. Well, I mean, heck, you grew so up not hard. far from him. 
it's really hard to be an NFL head coach. People got to realize that. Look at, I mean, Nick Saban is a pretty good coach. Yeah, he, he couldn't do exactly it. Exactly, have much success with the with the Dolphins. Ended what at one point eight years or something. It didn't even last two years. Yeah. Did you think Zimmer wore out his welcome, or did you think that uh, they just didn't have enough personnel to get you where you need to go? No, it was time. It was time. Zimmer is a phenomenal coach. Phenomenal coach. People will speak about him again. He's a great defensive coach. The problem is your court, your coach has to be in line with your quarterback. And from day one, people in the organization, I heard from sources that it just he did not he did not feel comfortable about Kirk Cousins. He was too much of this nice guy, and uh, he just was not a Zimmer type guy. And then there was a disconnect between him and Spielman. And I think they made the right choice with Spielman going. Um, Thank goodness they kept Rob Brzezinski because he's probably the best numbers guy in the NFL, right up there with uh, what they're doing down in, in Tampa Bay. But uh, you know, so it you know, it, like like they say, for a job about every eight years or so, it's it's probably time six to eight years. It's probably time to do something different. Zimmer's going to have success as a D coordinator next year somewhere. You know, Spielman might you know have success as a GM somewhere else. But uh, it was time for them to go with the Vikings. Uh, I really hope Brian Flores gets a shot and uh, because I know he'd do a heck of a job. Do you, um, do you have a favorite for the GM and, and, and how does that person have to conduct themselves? You know, like I said, I, I think it's probably one of the easier GM jobs to come into because you have a roster that is loaded with talent. You have a, a numbers guy in Brzezinski that's phenomenal and probably the best in the business. And you have uh, ownership group in the Wilfs that are, you know, super patient, just good people. Like, you know, I, I was under the regime of Red McCombs, and then, you know, to see the difference between the, how he ran it and the Wilfs, it was night and day. It was like, whatever you guys need, we're here for you, we support you. Whereas McCombs, you could tell it was very business and very salesy, like, I am in this to make money and nothing more. And, uh, and, and that's did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he made a lot of money and he got out. And, um, but you know, I, I don't know, like personally, like any of the, the GM options that they're, they're throwing around. Um, I kind of am tr- intrigued by the Cleveland guy, Quasi or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if yep. you pronounce his name. I think I'm, I'm intrigued by him, but it's not like that organization is, you know, thriving. No. Um, so, you know, but how much is that his doing and, and others? I, I don't know. Uh, let I let me that, ask you one last question along those lines. Yep. You bring in a guy, generally speaking, they come from a successful organization, right? And, and Cleveland is stretching in a little bit there. You know, last year they had a good year, obviously. This year they beat the Vikings. But for some reason, they're, they're Cleveland crazy out of the Vikings, you know. And of us, because Stefanski, you know, is helping these guys or what. But you sit down a coach, an assistant coach, and he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Or he had Tom Brady as his quarterback. Or he had Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. How do you cut through the chase and figure out if they had anything to do with the success of the organization, or are you are you just the product of a great quarterback? Yeah, I mean the same could be said with a guy like Sidney Rice, who who had his breakout year with Favre. Right, Favre can make a lot of yes, exactly, and then he goes to Seattle, gets a big contract, and that's the last we heard of Sidney Rice. Yeah, you never heard of him, right? You never heard of him again. He got his what sixty million and, and went to Seattle, and then. He was, you know, and granted, he was injured you know, and stuff. But to your point, and to an extent, Percy Harvin, the same thing with Favre. But what questions would you ask to try to figure out? Did this guy 
have an impact in the organization or w- was he just there in title and anybody could have, you know, he, he's just reaping the rewards of, of, of something he has no control over? Well, I think I would do a couple things. First question I would ask is what's one, what's the biggest mistake you've made in your current, in your current role and how did you rectify it? Right. I, I would see if, if they're super introspective of like, Oh, we're not going to talk about all my accolades because that's easy and that's all for the ink and the papers. But I want you to tell me what you did wrong. And then I would ask, like, you know, what is something that you feel like as an organization here with the Vikings that we do well? And what are three things that you might, you know, fix? What are the first three things that you were gonna, you're going to work on? And uh, from those, like, five bullet points, I feel like then you start to see, like, the guys that are really – you know, digging in and understanding like, oh, here's what Minnesota is all about. And, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's got an amazing fan base and amazing like legends community and through Tracy McDonald and things like that. But it, you know, all of that is combined. You're an ambassador as that GM of, you know, a state that is just of the Midwest. That's all buzzing for Minnesota Vikings. And if they don't understand that part of it, right, then um, I, I are, you know, I'm already moving on to the next because I'm like, well, they haven't done their homework. All right, one more time. The party on Sunday. How do you access it? Yep. Uh, you go to millions.co. So it's like millions.com, but it's without the M, millions.co. And then you go to uh, watch parties and you click on Ryan Hogue and uh, you'll just need to fill out your email address and that'll get you in. And you can come and go. It starts at two o'clock. Is the the game for the Bucks and the Rams? And uh, yeah, we'll be doing trivia. We'll be doing a lot of fun, different things. And uh, I can show you my merch. I have uh, Mister Irrelevant shirt that I think uh, awesome. might be a, a fan favorite for some people. And I'll get you one, Mike. Don't worry. And uh, <laughs> free yeah, charge, it's right? Gonna, it's going to be sweet. That's a really that, that, awesome that's XL, platform. by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you're more of a medium guy. But, okay. Uh, all right. But hey, I appreciate it, Ryan, and have fun on Sunday. All right, hey, Mike, always a pleasure. Anytime. You bet. Thank you, Ryan Hogue. Nice enough to join us. This is pretty, pretty active interviews that we've got going tonight, and we'll continue that with Rory Nelson. What, what does he think about the Vikings head coach? You might be surprised when we come back. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Rory Nelson, are you there? Sure. Who do you think should be the next Viking head coach? <laughs> That's above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you're sitting out there in the fish house. I'm sure that conversation comes up. Uh, you know, it actually is uh, the stories that have come out about what has been going on there they seem to keep a lot of people quiet. Um, there just hasn't been a whole lot of talk because no one really knows which way they're going to go. Do you get the GM first and yeah. then get the head coach? Yeah. You know, those type of things. So. Yeah. Rory is a fishing guy extraordinaire in the West Metro. Last time we talked, ice was just coming into play, and it was just getting there. How is it right now? Uh, it's definitely getting thicker out there. Uh, we are like Wyzetta Bays looking like 16 inches, uh, a lot of the smaller bays. Um, the big basin, uh, Browns Bay area, it's not ready for trucks yet. Um, four-wheeler snowmobile is fine. Uh, you just can't go wheeling across the big part of a lot of the smaller bays, uh, Phelps. Um, Harrison's, Jennings, Maxwell, North Arm. Their houses are all over the place. People are having a good time. There's a lot of fish being caught. You know, I, I was driving up in uh, western northwest Minnesota, I guess, yesterday, in Lake Oscar, not that far from you know the Elbow Lake area, uh, Alexandria area, and, and there was a, a trailer on the ice, uh, like you'd seen a trailer court in a fish uh, in a fish house next to it. And I thought, I wonder if they use one 
just for sleeping, etc. Or, you know, as a lounge out there. And then you go over to the fish house if you want to fish. I don't know, but it, it was pretty cool out there. I hadn't seen it like that, you know? Well, they, they'll do that. So, like, uh, I, I have friends that will fish uh, red during the day. Yep. Have the one house down there and then one up at Lake of the Woods for the night bite or out on Winnie. Uh, red doesn't produce very well at night, um, so it's more of a daytime bite. So that's a lot of times what they'll do when they're when they're running two houses, well, uh, just so you can so you can stay on top of the bite. They're really serious about fishing then. Uh, pretty much, it's, we don't have much to do, right? You got what uh, we have? We maybe get six good weeks yeah. of decent ice, especially around the metro, and uh, the guys hit it pretty hard when we get the opportunity. What what you know? As we've changed innovatively speaking with fish houses. Uh, and, and they're getting nicer and nicer. We all know about that. What, what are the What are the most important things that you think should be in a fish house to have great success? Oh, you know, I, I, to have great success, I don't think you have to have. You don't have to have every do that. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys that still just fish with tip ups in their car and do as good as anybody out there. You don't have to have every contraption. Um, it goes along the lines of more along uh, of. If you're going to use it for hunting or for camping, you know, they're taking these setups that you'd normally use for uh, six weeks out of the year and you're spending a lot of money on. So now they put air conditioners, full-on campers, so you can use it throughout the year, uh, be it deer camp, uh, ice fishing, or just taking the family for a road vacation. When, when you fish right now, how do you decide what time of the day and what depth for what fish? Um, panfish right now um, goes by really the temperatures what I've been seeing. Um, two days ago, or when it was cold out last, yeah, two days ago, uh, I was out, and the fish would normally bite at 8.30 in the morning until about 10.30 for crappies, sunnies, uh, the real the real hard bite. Um, the morning it was cold, they didn't come in until 11, and it only lasted until about 12.30. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal fishing, but their, their time frames kind of change as the pressure, the temperature, uh, cloudy out. Uh, tonight would have been a good night to be out uh, just before the storm came in. Uh, you, you finally have this monster high leaving. A low pressure comes in, kicks off the fish. Perfect timing for the night bite, be it walleyes or crappies. And it, it, it was good. I was actually out till about 6.30 at night. And, you know, we, we got a nice limit of crappies. Uh, it was it was all around good fishing. So uh, it, timing, that's where the timing comes in. And every day it kind of changes. But if you want to be walleyes, it's it's evenings and mornings, uh, panfish throughout the day. Uh, Northern's always along the weed lines, uh, basically any type of temperature, halfway down uh, the water column to the top of the weeds, throw out a, a sucker minnow on a harness rig, and uh, Northern's go all the time. Walleye at night, fisherman's delight. We, 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 I mean, if you're going to fish walleyes any time of the 24-hour cycle, when would you? Uh, right now on Minnetonka, I'd be out there... No later than 3.30. Um, you're set up quiet by 4 o'clock. Uh, the bite is going to come through about 5.15 to about 5.45, and then it's really going to taper off. Uh, At night, you, get you the mean? Stragglers. You're going to get the stragglers. You're talking about late afternoon, not morning, right? That is that is, that is afternoon. That is the yeah. best bite for walleyes right now, is that just at dusk, that failing light is when they feed the best. Um, the panfish crappies you can get them all day long sunnies you can get them all day long um, you got to work for them, maybe move a little throughout the day where they're going on the edge of the weed lines chasing the bait around or maybe out to the deeper water basins towards the night uh, but it's real easy to go out there right now find it like carson's bay is a prime example on tonka uh, within 300 feet of shore there's a 25 foot hole uh, you can go there any time in the morning 
catch sunnies, northerns, crappies. When you're done, you go outside the bay, uh, get out to the first break line, and you can start pulling walleyes at night. So um, it's a good way to get multiple species in, and you can use those time periods throughout the day to stay on top of fish. You just might have to plan to make the change throughout the day. When, uh, you know, I, I drive by these lakes sometimes, and, and oftentimes I think, you know, obviously you see the fish houses and you go, I guess that'd be a good place to fish. Have you ever gone to a lake where you just surveyed it and said, there's no fish houses on here, but it looks like it could be good and give it a try? Uh, this is what is being lost in the new age of fishermen. Um, it used to be the old guys before GPS all had to learn spots and use yeah. a, a trial and error, right? in a water tower. Yep. Uh, nowadays, we have so many people that have got into it that are trying to learn fishing, but they all seem to glom on the same spots. Uh, nobody wants to venture away or go, go look for something and maybe have a failing day. A lot of people just want to be able to pull out on Friday, get in the group of houses, maybe catch a fish or not, and then pull on off on Sunday, and that's, that's, their, that's their fishing weekend. If I can make a suggestion to anybody, it is spread out. There is so much structure on Lake Winnetonka that is totally untouched right now. Get away from the crowds, and you're going to find you have much more productive days because you're all not you're you're all not fighting for those few fish that are coming around you. You you got a better opportunity for yourself. Rory Nelson's our guest. What has become of Lake Waconia? It looked like uh, doggone. Uh, it looked like the the, the fish out the community was bigger than the community when I drove by it the other day. <laughs> Uh, that's the main reef out the middle, and uh, the fish, it's its going. Uh, Waconia has been very, very good for the walleye bite. Uh, there's some great crappie fishing out there. Uh, moving right on up to Independence. Um, Independence has been 24 feet on the mudflats. Uh, the walleye's about 5.30 to 7 o'clock at night. Uh, the crappie's out in the deep hole, about 50 feet of water suspended, I don't know, 20 feet down. Um, all day bite out there. Um, you, you know, Tonka, the guys are getting walleyes, northerns, sunnies, crappies. Tonka's been really, really good. Uh, it, the, the one bit that's kind of slowed down, it looks like, is Seton. Uh, I, I don't know if it just got hit so hard that the people seem to move back over to Black Lake. Uh, it's a, that's a panfish uh, extravaganza in there, sunnies, crappies all day long. Um, so all these lakes are going right now really, really good. And if you have the availability for a snowmobile or a four-wheeler, my suggestion is to get out on Tonka, get out your GPS, look at some of those deep rock piles, and get out there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, get set up with a couple of guys, and hold on because those spots have usually been picked clean by now and no one's been able to get to them. So the bite has extended out on Tonka. Um, you know, the, the, today I stopped in the bait store, and a lot of guys are getting bait from Wyzetta because they have nothing up north anymore. We're running out of bait in the state. Wow. Uh, uh, the, how a, a billion-dollar industry in the state of Minnesota can't get their, their minnow stuff figured out, I, I, I don't get it. Um, it's, it's making it harder for people to enjoy themselves, and that's something that keeps the economy going. So we're, we're, we're lacking on live bait, sucker minnows, shiners, uh, walleye mix. All that stuff is, is, is very, very hard to come by right now. Um, so... It's the, the the fishing has been phenomenal, but the the state needs to kind of help us help us out, and and we need to figure out either getting more minnow farms going or something, because that's going to be the biggest issue with fishing in Minnesota. Yeah, kind of hard to dig for crawlers right now too. 
crawlers, you know, they have good waxworms, good Euro larvas. The panfish are going to be okay. They usually have crappy minnows year-round. But when you're losing all your walleye bait and you have nothing to get, and, you know, a, a bigger size minnow is going to catch you better fishing than a little itty-bitty crappy minnow you're throwing on because that's all you can get, what's the state doing? I yeah. mean, yeah. There, there, ha- there has to be something yeah. that we can do to make it work. Rory, thank you so much. We'll check in with you again uh, uh, coming up here in the wintertime at some point in time, but always enjoy your fishing insights. Well, thanks, Mike. You have a great day, and you let me know when you want to go fishing. I'll get you out. It sounds good. Rory Nelson, nice enough to join us. We come back. Chris Tubbs gives us his take on a bait that is probably underused. He'll explain when we come back. Timberwolves Sunday, Pete Nigerian and I Sunday morning, 10 to noon, right here with the huddle. going to be a lot of fun this Sunday. I'm not going to tell you who, but you're going to have fun listening to it. Chris Tubbs, what is the most underused bait you think in Minnesota that that, uh, fishermen don't pay attention to? Oh, man. You know, it's been so long since I've been fishing. I I couldn't even tell you. I'm just so, I'm so out of touch. I have not, I haven't been ice fishing or fishing since I've been back in... Since uh, 19, so at See, least. you need to be more like Dark Star, where you ask him that question, and, and let's just say he hasn't been fishing for years. Yeah. He says, ah, I've kind of like a popper. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Oh, and, you know what I'm saying? Or he'd, say, he'd say something like, you know, uh, I, I think that daredevils, you know, people, <laughs> people don't use them enough, and, and if you, you run a devil on there, you're going to come up with something uh, that's going to that, that was the joy of Dark. Yeah, it was. That yeah. was the joy of Dark, where you can throw anything at him and just... It rolled off, and he was able to go with it so And he was just on to the next thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he kind of listened to what you said, and then he'd play off of that like it was his idea. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, he was was so vastly underrated at at what he did. If if he said the problem with the Twins is starting pitching, they they don't have enough good starting pitching, he'd follow it up by saying, yeah, if you're going to be there in September— you got to have some arms that can go the distance. <laughs> you know, he says that. He what you just he said. Just, he just rephrased. Yeah, he just rephrased it like it was his thought. You know. Yeah. God, uh, that was funny. You oh know. My God, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff back in the day. So, so as we peruse the NFL playoffs, I know you've got a thought, some favorites. Uh, let, let's start with Green Bay and San Francisco. Good. Is there any way San Francisco beats Green Bay at Green Bay? I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think they do. Uh, I don't think Green Bay covers, but... Well, what's I mean, the number? I think it was uh, five and a half at last Can't. report. I think it opened up at six, and I think it's five and a half. I, I think you got like a four-point game. I, I think that, you know, last time, you know, playoffs happened, these two teams about, I mean, San Francisco just loves to run the ball. and Yeah. You know, Eli Mitchell... I just, I mean, they're going to ride him tomorrow. He him may get Jennings. 30. I mean, they're tough runners. Yeah, they are. They they may get thirty plus carries, and and I mean, Debo Samuel is just he's a jack of all trades, and and he's he's going to be a handful. But I just I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. No, you can't. No, Especially you if can't. this is the last ride. Yeah, um, I I don't think anybody can. I mean, no. I, I think. Yeah, or how you do, I don't know, but I, I, I don't, I, I agree with you. I just, and at Lambeau Field, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, and Jimmy Garoppolo is compromised. I, I just don't see a way that San Francisco gets it, goes in there and beats the Packers. Okay. Um, in the other NFC game, do you see a way that the Rams? Do they have a pathway to beat Tampa? Absolutely, I think they do. You, they do, I, and it is what? I think the Rams go. Well, I, I mean, it sounds like Tampa could be down three of their offensive linemen. Are those guys not coming back tomorrow? 
I, I, I haven't really kept up. Yeah, I, I know that they're I know that they're questionable right now, but even if they're compromised, I mean Ryan Jensen, their center left for a little bit last week. Tristan Wirfs has got that bad wheel. Yeah. I mean, you've got to protect Tom Brady at all costs. Yeah, Wirfs might be able to play, but if it, the ankle is what it is, that did not look good the other day. No. I, it, I, it, I don't know if they've converted that into a high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain. High ankle would be the worst. Yeah, you know? and I mean, I, I just think I think that Rams defensive line is, is just going to eat, and I'm not convinced in um, in Tampa's ability to run the football and, and – it's nothing against Tom Brady. I, I think right now the Rams are on a roll, and I, I think they go down to Tampa, and I think they, they outright beat the Bucks. That, that's your upset special of the weekend? That's one of them. Well, we're not done yet. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Take me into the AFC here. I think you well, – I, I don't know why everybody's sleeping on Tennessee. Uh, you know, you get Derrick Henry back, that's fine. He's been on IR. I, I – I don't know why everybody's doubting them. I like their defense. I, I like the makeup. Do, of do, do you know why they doubt them? You know, you know, this is my theory. They had a bye week. Yeah. And so you become all impressed with whoever won last week. Mm-hmm. And you forget, well, that doesn't mean the team that was sitting out is bad. It's just that you get all caught up in, you know, oh, man, did you see Buffalo? Did you see Kansas City? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I mean, Cincinnati's good. But I just I think there's a way that you can shut down DeMar, uh, Jamar Chase and, and Joe Burrow. I don't know what it is. But, I, I mean, you've got to somehow neutralize him because Jamar Chase is just an absolute star. But I, I, think, I, think, Tennessee, I think Tennessee holds on. I think Tennessee by, you know, maybe about three to four. How about Buffalo? I think Buffalo goes into Kansas City and beats the Chiefs. Whoa, you are all over this this time. I, I do. Because Buffalo, in the offseason, they spent their, their resources doing one thing, and that is building that pass rush. To beat Pat Mahomes. So that, that is going to be on Leslie Frazier's plate to figure out a way to get to him. Absolutely. And, and neither one of these teams, I, I feel, is going to be able to run the ball. I, I mean, they're both you know, just kind of meh. But I, I, look at, I, I look at Kansas City's defense and their secondary. Tyreek Hill, is a, he, he's a freak. But oh. beyond that, like, who else? I mean, you got Travis Kelsey. But, I mean, if you're going to extend the field... I feel, you know, Stephon Diggs and, and Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, I feel like the wide receivers are deeper and more talented for Buffalo. And, and I, you know, there are not very many quarterbacks that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. I just feel like, I, I feel like they're going to put enough pressure on Patrick Mahomes to make a few, you know, he's going to make a few mistakes. Do you, do you um, have we heard from Hammer? Has he made predictions yet? No, Hammer's sitting right here. Uh, we, do we know who he's got or not? Who you got this weekend, Hammer? Who's on his sheet? I got the uh, Packers. Got Hang on, I got to get a pen. Okay. Let me get my pen. Okay, go ahead. Okay, he's got the Packers. Yep. The Rams. Rams, yep. Okay, now, see, now he's making me turn around. Okay. Oh, boy, he, okay, he's just going to get on the microphone. Okay, Hammer. I got the Packers, yeah. I got the Rams, yep. I got the Chiefs, and yep. I got the Titans this weekend, Maxie. Well, we've got some conflict there in the studio. That sounds like the old hometown special there, doesn't it? Yeah, it uh, it does. So basically, we are he and I are the same, except for we differ on uh, Kansas City and Buffalo. Okay, because okay. he's yeah he's taking he's taking the Chiefs. Well, oh, wait, he took the Rams. You said I can't right? go against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and he took yeah he took the Rams too. Oh my. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to be an interesting Monday show. <laughs> yes, it will. When we come back, hey gentlemen, thank you both for your offerings. Appreciate you both more than you know, and have a great weekend and stay warm. Okay. All right. Thanks, Maxie. All right. The Lake Man coming up next. Lake Night on WCCO. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 